0: The purpose here is not just data and analytics, it's really to enable our customers to use these modern services to solve problems that are so critical in education and in our society.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Jason Morales.
2: And I'm Emily Kotecki. This is Ideate, Rethinking Data and AI in Education a monthly podcast where we talk with leaders in the field about how they foster innovation through data and artificial intelligence.
1: Today, we're excited to talk about Open Education Analytics, an open source community coordinated by Microsoft Education with the aim of collaborating with education systems across the world to develop modern data intelligence capabilities. To help us talk about this, we have three guests, Jean Garcia, Principal Engineer at Microsoft, Maria Langworthy, Worldwide Director of Education Research at Microsoft, and Jerry Gillespie, Senior Program Manager with the Worldwide Customer Engagement Team, also at Microsoft. Thank you for being here. Thank you.
0: Great to be here. Glad to be here, thank you.
1: So what was happening in data and education right before you developed Open Education Analytics? Let's shorten it, we'll call it OEA. Uh, for this discussion. But what was the problem that you were solving for with OEA?
0: I'll, I'll shoot with that one. We had been talking with large education systems for you know years, uh, as we do at Microsoft, and many of them had come to us asking for advice and guidance on how to, how to get started on the data and AI journey. Um, But when we talked further with them, many of them kind of weren't quite ready and uh, or didn't have the political will within their organizations or the internal expertise in data engineering and data science. So um, we kind of put it on the back burner a little bit and built uh, uh, analytics products into our own solutions like Office 365 with the Education Insights product. And then the pandemic hit and we suddenly had hundreds of millions of students coming online for remote and hybrid learning. And suddenly there was a huge urgency among our customers for kind of learning analytics to be able to see which of their students had access to remote learning, uh, what applications and platforms they were using, and really uh, uh, the need for education analytics just accelerated dramatically. And that was the moment where we decided, okay, let's start something here. And we really started open education analytics in collaboration with a group of our education customers, large education systems, um, city of Helsinki, the ministry of education in Azerbaijan, the State Department of Education in Tasmania and Fresno Unified School District, a very large school district in California. So that's kind of how we got rolling about eighteen months ago, and it's just accelerated since.
3: And I'll, I'll say, from from my side, it goes back to when we started the Data Sense product prior to Microsoft uh, acquiring Data Sense three years ago. Um, and it was all, it's centered around data interoperability in education, which you know, has been a, a problem for a long time. Um, it's, it's, it's a really difficult uh, nut to crack as, as an ecosystem, having the strong data standards that allow for a kind of plug and play data interoperability that can then lead to uh, advanced data analytics. And so that's still a challenge that uh, you know, now inside of Microsoft as a platform company, we have a an awesome opportunity and, and responsibility really to empower the ecosystem to better serve the customers. Right. And so a big part of OEA then is how do we better understand where the gaps are in the platform or how the platform can be more powerful to empower the ecosystem to deliver to the customers
2: when you all gathered together, what initially was the vision of what you wanted to create with OEA? And then what was left on the cutting room floor? What was that process like from going from big vision to tailoring it down?
3: So I always come from a technical point of view initially, right? Um, so my, my focus uh, was around how do we effectively crowdsource uh, technical assets Uh, and adopt a reference architecture that makes it far easier to share what's being built rather than constantly reinventing the wheel. We have, I think, with an education, a special advantage that that you don't find in many industries, which is that the customers are largely very open to sharing what's being built. You know, there's there's a, a global goodwill to... Uh, do what's best for our students, and, and being able to share assets effectively in a technical space is, is really a, a challenging uh, thing to do, and it's, and it's costly, it's time-consuming. And so by, by standardizing, at least around the approach, by, by providing guidance around best practices, it really makes this crowdsourcing you know, possible, And and I I think a a key to that also is recognizing that while we would all want standards to be further along uh, data standards, they they don't, the data standards don't just uh, show up, right? They they have to be evolved. And so as an industry, we we certainly can't wait for the data standards to be where we need them. We, We need to figure out ways to accelerate the evolution of those standards. And and we do that by establishing uh, best practices and reference architectures so that over time we can iterate and codify solutions that then become the standards.
0: And Emily, I'll chime in here. Um, And it's part of the partnership that uh, Gene and I have created that's made this so effective is that I come at it from a very different perspective of, what problems are education systems seeking to solve, and how can data help? And those are so um, so urgent. You know, issues like um, you know digital inclusion and equity um, mm-hmm. is huge, huge, huge on every um, education leader's mind. Um, and other what we what evolved to be what we call use cases in OEA uh, around. How do we use data to better predict students that are at risk, are vulnerable, are chronically absent? Um, and what? how can we use data to assess that? How can we use data for research and to evaluate program investments? Most education systems spend millions, if not billions of dollars on new initiatives, whether those be technology or curriculum or professional development. And they have very little insight into Number one, how effectively are those programs being implemented? Are they actually, you know, put into practice in the classroom? And two, are they effective in driving the desired learning outcomes? And you can do all that so much faster and effectively with modern data systems. Um, And it's those kind of things that have inspired me. So working hand in hand with Gene on the technical and engineering side, Has enabled us to shape this program in a way that brings those modern assets to bear on these problems. And, um, you know, I've been working in education research for a while and can tell you that, you know, a lot of the existing um, education research programs and professionals and government funding are nowhere near what we are already able to enable through OEA in rapid real time analysis of. of impact and of what is happening in states, in countries, in in schools. Kiri, go ahead. I I wanna just
4: go ahead and and jump in and say yes, yes, uh, to what Jean and Maria have said, but also to where I um, really connected with Maria here from the work I do on engagement team and why I wanna get involved is, I could see those problems firsthand coming from education and in, in really what Maria explained, especially when I was a building leader and I had six different federal programs in my one building, which means that I was trying to reach the needs of an entire system and I needed all those data sources. And what, what OEA really does, it, it allows you to take in different data points, different you know places where you're connect, really can connecting to the information to see it and. Picture, education so complex. There are so many diverse needs that we need in order to meet uh, the needs of our learners, of our families. Where we want to go um, to impact learning, there are lots of problems to solve. You know, so really, what would we look at? What is capable of when we can use the analytics and the data that we have and bring them together to? Actually, see the whole system in an overview. uh, That is exactly what we're we're trying to to bring to the table as far as in discussion and bringing educators together with the data architects like Gene and the engineers and that too, so that we can build a better system to bring in all of these data sources and to solve much larger projects. I mean problems in the future. I hope.
2: So if we try to define a little bit more for an audience who may not be familiar with the project from my understanding. So you took this vision of, of the questions being asked, um, let's say from Maria's perspective, the customer's perspective from Jerry and the data and interoperability kind of perspective from Jean. What do you get now if I go to the website of openeducationanalytics.org, I think there are four pillars of the program. Tell us about those four pillars.
0: Right, right, we listened to our customer community and understood uh, their needs and shaped the program with these four pillars to address each of those needs. The first one are the tech assets and making those open source. And those tech assets are unique to education, data sources and use cases. And those are available on our GitHub repository and that as an open source community, our customers and our partners can contribute to those alongside Microsoft. The second element of the pillar is really around skills development and providing a curriculum and training for the unique skills needed, the data engineering and data science and data analytics skills needed to support uh, this type of endeavor. The third area is really critical and it's responsible data and AI practices. And so we've taken Microsoft's general principles of responsible AI and applied them to education and education use cases. We take that incredibly seriously. Just doing that translation has um, helped us understand how to operationalize those principles and we're guiding our customers and partners on that path. And the fourth element is the most important element, and that is the community of customers and education systems working together on this with us to jointly develop these use cases and sharing how they're doing that, sharing how uh, they are inspired by what it what they're doing and and the challenges they face as they go on this journey, and then sharing back the assets that they build with that open source community. So. All, of, all four of those are key components, and we've developed uh, an international um, partner community as well of Microsoft's technical partners who can support the customers in implementing this and, and help them build those skills and, and do um, kind of the OEA style of data and AI.
1: Gene, this is an effort that is really... In a sense, new where we have a team like yours from the engineering side dedicated to our industry and education. But, but how do you sell this vision internally? How, you know what I mean? What, what was the conversation inside or amongst the leadership in Microsoft that you, you know,
3: that that made it possible for you to, to move forward with this? Right, I, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time. I think there's a lot of alignment um, within Microsoft. And there's a, a recent quote from Satya, I'll, I'll quote Satya, our CEO. He says that uh, our ambition is to foster foundational innovation that creates entire ecosystems even greater than the platforms themselves. That's what the Microsoft Cloud uniquely enables. And I, I, I think that's, that's kind of the, the crux of it uh, in, in every industry. As, as a platform company, that's our charter to, uh, to create and facilitate, uh, you know, really functional ecosystems that, that are innovating for the customer. So we, we've been able to, to draw inspiration then from other parts of the company, um, the healthcare uh, industry, especially with their FHIR um, data interoperability standard. It's, you know, it's, it's a source of envy, I would say, for us. Um, and, and there are a series of milestones really that Microsoft has been central to in the healthcare tech uh, world that, uh, that we're looking to, to emulate on the education side. Um, there's, there's so much investment there that's, that's really cross industry. And, and it's, it's about how do you practically apply and leverage the power of, of those investments in your specific industry. For us education.
4: What
1: can you speak to some of the, um, the results uh, that, that you've seen, you know, and how, how have the results aligned to the vision that you established in the beginning? And maybe on the other hand, what unintended results or outcomes have emerged as this initiatives move forward?
0: Yeah, yeah. Happy to tell a few of those customer stories. It's really been incredible. Um, I'd say uh, one of the highlights has been from Azerbaijan, where they set up a national program at the Ministry of Education for data and analytics. And literally, they now have real-time reporting on 1.6 million students spinning from kindergarten through higher education where because of this modern data system that they set up they can see in real time, not only the level of engagement of students, but even formative assessments coming in uh, daily or weekly, and they're starting to build predictive models that can inform their investments nationally, really. Um, It's just an incredible story. Then um, we have another example, uh, say Nebraska, uh, the Department of Education in the United States there. uh, And they had a 10-year plan to uh, implement a modern data estate um, for the statewide system. And they learned about open education analytics and Jean was able to sit down with their team and show them in a matter of hours how to set up the modern data state using OEA tools and that's led to shortening their 10-year plan to something more like a 12-month to 18-month plan and it's already underway the live systems live reporting Is getting up and running in Nebraska and they have about 19 different use cases statewide that they're pursuing through open education analytics from predicting English language learning proficiency through to professional development uh, investments and they're making that data and the reporting available uh, to all I think it's 200 districts across the state so that the small rural districts have the same Uh, data and analytics capacity as the large urban districts. It's it's in that, again, one of those incredible stories and the cost savings that they're seeing at the state level are simply phenomenal. In terms of the things we're learning, I would say um, we see uh, the work that we're doing with Fresno and Tasmania on building predictive models that are highly accurate. In, In Tasmania, we're building a predictive model of vulnerable students. And that journey has been very, very uh, a a learning journey for all of us in terms of, you know, just the nuts and bolts of negotiating data access uh, for all the different data sources in an education system that are needed to accurately represent student vulnerability. Um, You know, you have to get health data, you have to get safety data, and that's required um, governance agreements across state agencies. Um, And then building a predictive model, uh, really looking at the data quality on the outcome side. Uh, You know, how do they currently assess vulnerable students and how subjective is that? So uh, building these predictive models takes a lot of careful thought, practice, research, iterations that cannot be done too carefully because if you get uh, any mistakes, any harm to students is simply not acceptable. And we take that very, very seriously. And we're working with our systems to do cycles and cycles and cycles of iteration with all the stakeholders in the system involved to make sure that building predictive models is done in a way that really helps decision-making and uh, and leads to better outcomes and and never causes harm.
2: The tagline of this podcast is rethinking data and AI and education. And I wonder how much, and once you saw OEA go live and being used, this is kind of building on Jason's question, has it kind of spurred your own rethinking of how this is used? Once it's on the ground and once it's being used, how are internally, your team working to ad- adapt to the situation as it evolves?
3: Yeah, I would say that's that's a key part of, of how we run the OEA initiative. It's it's having the communication with our customers, with our partners, uh, so that we have that feedback and, and better understand, okay, what how is the technology being applied? What's, what's working? What's not? We've, we've really been super excited about the participation from, from uh, customers and partners uh, and willingness to, to, you know, tell stories around what they've learned and, and where they're going next. Again, there's this openness, this willingness to share. Um, and, and I, so I think OEA being a bridge in both areas, being a bridge from a, a social standpoint, an ecosystem, a communication standpoint is, is key. And then being a bridge from a technical standpoint about what's working and what has already been done and doesn't need to be redone. I think that that's the key. It's, it's creating those powerful bridges on both sides.
4: What we need is more. We need more of those stories in here. So educators naturally organically like to share and so it's how do we start the conversations and find that entry point that they understand that that maybe not have that frame of reference for the technical side behind what needs to happen um you know on the engineering and the in the data analytics that we're trying to collect but they have the stories and the case studies and the scenarios and the problems that those conversations need to come and being able to work with partners being able to work with more education entities and organizations in all, you know, around the world to be able to bring these stories helps us all succeed together.
0: I mean, I've learned a ton through the last 18 months. And if I think back and reflect on what the most important learning has been, it comes back to the challenge of um, transforming an education system to a data culture. And what I mean by that is that there are more failed data and analytics projects in education than there are successful ones and um, a lot of that is I, I believe now it's because of a lack of dialogue between the people on the data side building these programs and the people who need to use those uh, data outputs and you know who looks at the dashboard how do they use them for decision making and our biggest challenge is having enough conversations as we build these systems with those end users or the people who will make use of the data in every case especially today when education systems are so stretched uh, trying to respond and, and continue to perform during the, the pandemic, like getting time with them to understand their decision-making process and how data can play a role in that is our hardest challenge. And, you know, if we can do that and understand exactly what data they need and how we can inform decision-making, we could help them so much but it's a big tension right now. And, and I think, you know, Jason's worked in these areas for, for decades and it's been a consistent problem. Um, but, you know, that that is a thing that we're all going to have to work together on to bridge those translation gaps.
1: No, it's it's such an important point. And actually, uh, you're speaking to exactly what I was going to follow Jerry up with, which is, you know, we are developing capabilities into our products that are serving education. There's tremendous advances uh, we've made with teams, for instance, the education insights capabilities. Uh, We launched a product called Career Coach designed for the the lifelong learner. Um, We we are building capabilities into office. And um, I, I think some of the question that would happen from the outside is, Microsoft, why don't, why don't you just develop that product that we need, that silver bullet or something, you know, that, that exact um, way of seeing everything. And yet, I don't know if it's fully understood yet. So you make such an important point, Maria, to say, you know, there, there's a gap between who's developing these systems, these programs, and those who use it and need it and, and actually drive actionable outcomes by using them. And it seems like Microsoft is now working to, to bridge that gap and, um, and move forward. And that OEA offers an approach to, you know, to, to help do that, to facilitate that. What, uh, you know, this question kind of for all of you, it'd be great. Maybe Gene, if, if uh, you wouldn't mind uh, starting, What what do you see as the future vision now as it you know, as it comes together and, and even, you know, considering what Maria is just saying here, right? We're, we're on the cusp of something really big. Where, where do you see that this, uh, this project could go? Uh, you know, best case scenario if uh, this vision is seen through
3: the, the way you anticipate it might be? Well, sky's the limit, right? We, the technology that's available today is amazing and, and it gets stronger every day. Um, what we have now with lake house architectures that allow us to effectively use uh, a data lake and, and uh, efficiently uh, provision a spark cluster to, to apply the right levels of analysis to that data in the data lake and create machine learning models quickly and, and apply those. What we have today is amazing. Um, and so where this is going is a place where we have the ability to really accelerate time to value, really accelerate what's possible in setting up a modern data estate and having best practice governance around that data estate and really empowering every role in an organization to to bring that data together, to analyze that data effectively to derive those insights and communicate those insights effectively throughout the organization so that the, the, the operational effectiveness of the organization is greatly increased.
4: I can say like where I would you know, love to see this going and why I enjoy working so much with the innovative thought behind um, what's happening OEA is that in education, when we say all, Means all means that every every learner, everyone that comes up deserves and it needs to have that opportunity to have access uh, to education to learning. And so, if we can get to a place where we can bring more educators who really um, do an amazing job of doing what it is they do best, and that is educate and serve learners to come to the table, be able to share their knowledge, what they need, what they're looking from in the data so that that we don't lose any students in the cracks, that they don't fall. You know, when when the pandemic first started and schools were closing, we could see what what was happening with administrations and like schools around the globe where students just were not able to get online they were not engaged anymore in the learning and it was a a matter of trying to track down and find those students, how do we get them back connected. And so, if we can move forward and using the technology, we have and the data and and bringing together like we said in this you know this conversation earlier, bringing together educators um, from all. Levels together with the technology, with those data architects, with the data scientists, with everybody partnering and working together, we really can get to a place where we are serving um, a, a a system that has equity that we can reach out and be proactive and be able to support those learners that we need to and maybe put in place things that we're missing because at the end of the day that is really why we are all here especially those are are, like myself who come from education have dedicated their their Life to educating um, students is that we can get to a place where we do have these kinds of technology and advances to to really say we're doing all we can for everyone.
0: Where, Where I would love to see this go is so that in 10 years time, every learner, every family, every educator feels like they are known they are understood, and they are never isolated, that they know and trust that their education systems and schools are going to provide them with the supports they need, the personalized experience, and the community of learners. Um, The world has changed. You know, there is intelligence everywhere, and it's in our work life, it's in our personal life, and our school systems and the education experience for all of us is going to become more personalized, uh, where it meets us where we are, instead of us having to adapt to that curriculum or a degree program. And this is the means to do that. And we need this data layer to support all educators, as Jerry said, all education system leaders, all families, and really um, learning the most effective investments and practices we can make to make that shift happen.
2: While you all were talking, I was thinking about how you have this goal of of collaboration and community, but I I think it really starts at the team that builds it, right, because if you have all those multiple perspectives, then those will all be represented in the product that you create. So the educators, the, the architects, the the administrators, they will hear, see, read themselves in the language that you write on the website, in the tools that you're creating. And so by developing it collaboratively, it seems like it's an opportunity to then have it be used in the way that you're envisioning as well.
0: You know, it's really true. We've become a, a family, a very mission-driven <laughs> family in a way, you know, and uh, we go through a lot together.
3: That's true of the education ecosystem as a whole too. it does It has a kind of a family feel to it in a lot of ways where, um, you know, you'll be in a meeting and, and someone will actually cry because it's it's that important. It's that deep. And and we'll see each other and, you know, there are hugs going around and right, it's, it's, it is kind of a, a family affair in a lot of ways.
4: Yes, and education's relationships. And I think that's what we value. And we know we understand that. And so that's what we're trying to do in our partnerships and what we're
2: trying to do in this work. And with that, I would like to thank all of our guests for joining us today. Maria Langworthy, Jean Garcia, and Jerry Gillespie. Thank you for being here.
3: All right, you for having us.
2: Thanks, it was a lot of fun.
1: And thank you very much to our listeners. Emily and I will be back the first Monday of the month with our next episode of Ideate, Rethinking Data and AI in Education. Until then, You can listen to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts.